Welcome, Realm Walkers. My name is Carlin, and I'm going to be your host tonight. I am joined by my fellow show host, a Greg. Just Greg. Greg. The one and only Greg. All other yes. Gregs shall be executed. Yeah, I will. I If your name is Greg, I am coming for you. This is your head start. Run. <laughs> All right. As always, we have what we hope to be a fantastic show for you. We are talking about something a little strange, something a little odd, something a little morphing, changing, and who knows what it looks like. Today, we are talking about the Disciples of Zinch. Big tentacly boy. I can't remember. What was what was the joke personality that Zinch had? We had that uh, we had Nurgle's thick corn eats babies, and I forgot what Zinch was. Maybe it's a good thing that we forgot what Zinch was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Zinch, he'll just take the baby and stretch it out and make it l- turn to a pretzel or a block of cheese or who knows what else. Or sometimes just just a bigger, better baby. You never know with Zinch. It could be anything. It, it's true. <laughs> yeah, Zinch is the god of change and therefore he likes to change things. He's also the god of scheming. And we will be talking about many of his schemes. Failed, success, doesn't matter. They're schemes, and that's all that matters in the end. But Greg, before we get into all that, how are you doing, man? I'm doing okay. I've been trying to get some hobbying in lately. Uh, I've mm-hmm. been getting a lot of orc stuff done uh, for 40k. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I made the decision that I got too hyped for Seraphon and bought into them a little too early. And so I have sold off my Seraphon collection which I then used to buy more orc stuff. So <laughs> it was just transformed into orcs. Uh, what uh, made you decide, nah, I don't want to keep these? I think it was, I really wanted to play, I really liked Lord Croak. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to like play this. And then I kind of went, I have too many armies and I kind of need to dedicate to the ones that I have. And if I really like the Lord Croak model, I could just buy that one model and just like ally him in if I really want to play him. Yeah, okay, that's fair. And he is pretty bitchin' models, so... He is a pretty dang cool model. Although, apparently, I have to buy some dragons now, but we'll get to that later. So what have you been <laughs> hobbying? I have been building beast nagas. Oh, yep, so it's all orcs over here. Yeah. <laughs> um, otherwise, I have been working on uh, painting up the starting classes for Gloomhaven. Uh, some friends and I were going to start a campaign of that, and I just figured, hey, let's get these models all prettied up. You know, I just bought uh, I just bought a copy of Gloomhaven myself. Nice. I, I I haven't gotten to painting them yet though, which I probably should do. Yeah, I'll just warn you, they are definitely not the best molds in the world, uh, like model wise. So it's a little rough, but if you are able to work with it, you can get them work looking really really nice. I I think they'll take contrast paints all right. I think yes. the way they look, they should take contrast paints. I've all been right. uh, something simple using inks a lot with them and yeah i'm taking them quite nicely Mm -hmm. but yeah uh all right so so let's change pace oh oh, oh. subject oh this is oh god we're we're in the unfunny territory all right it's time for a million change puns yes oh boy anyways let's just talk about zinch and all the wonderful insanity that is Zinch. Um, well, let's just talk about the big guy himself. Zinch. He is the god of change. He is the god of schemes. He is a god who no one knows what form he actually is. 
the form that we see in images is just literally a moment. His form is ever-changing. His skin is sometimes described to have faces all over it, all kind of wailing out and talk about different schemes themselves. He is the antithesis to anything, what's a word I'm thinking of, that has a natural structure to it. Rigid, like a rigid structure? Yeah, a rigid structure. He is, like He's fluid, where everything else is solid. He is the god that many of the other chaos gods don't necessarily get along with because they know that when he's making deals with them, it's only because he has his own purposes behind it. And they all do, but it's all a part of a scheme. And one deal with Zinch could be part of 10 different schemes of him. He loves the plot. He loves to make schemes. He has a plan for everything, including when he fails, when his forces die, whatever. It's all part of his plan. Because he has so many different plans. Um, Don't worry, it's always it's always Zinch. Doesn't matter what you're doing, it's all it's it's on Zinch's books. It's all part of the plan. Yeah. So yeah, um, he's also known as the Changer of Ways, and he is known for you know, as I mentioned, all the plotting, and everything. He's known for using his cunning rather than brute force. He doesn't send in armies just mad to go in. There needs to be some plotting, some catalyst in there. He, unlike Korn, who would love to send his armies in to invade a city and try to take the fastest route, Zinch takes his time. He will know when people start messing with magic, he will start speaking them through the magic and start influencing their minds and slowly kind of change how they are. You know, using that keyword there. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be, can, somebody can start taking track of the amount of times we're going to say the word change in this uh, episode. Yeah. Um, and then you will run out of ink. Uh, just take a drink every time we say change. <laughs> no, we don't want to kill our audience. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like you will slowly get in there. And then in a sense, that's how he invades cities. A slow process that takes time to build up these different cults. And through that, that is how he destroys cities. Compared to Korn, as I said, who charge at Nurgle, who would send in diseases Slanash, where he'd make them all greedy. Who knows what Slash will do? Slash will do many different things depending on his mood. I have many, many suggestions, but we're not allowed to say them in this family friendly broadcast. We continue. Yes, family, family friendly. Yes, 100%. This isn't the Slanash episode. We have to be good. Zeech is a good boy. He's just not a good boy. Oh, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, so essentially, he is him. And as because of his planning and everything, and I already mentioned that a lot of the Chaos Gods don't necessarily trust him, he is a rival to him. And specifically, each of the Chaos Gods, they have one who is their parallel, who are not parallel, their exact opposite. And for Zinch, that is Nurgle. Nurgle and Zinch do not get along. Nurgle is, loves the natural cycle of things, of life, death, rotten. Uh, new life. Now, Nurgle's always trying to influence become new life of diseases, flies, and whatever. But Zinch, he hates the cycle. He wants the cycle to be broken. He wants the cycle to turn into a fork that melts into a blob that turns into a fish. Because um, they are always essentially at war um, with each other. And Zinch has had times affected Nurgle, like with Gairan. There was a point where he had actually invaded Nurgle's invasion of Gairan, kicked Nurgle out until Nurgle retook it. They hate each other. And just, that is kind of the 
everlasting game between them. Um, and speaking of that, there is the great game, which we already know of when we talk about corn and everything. Oh, yeah. Zinch is a player of the game, you know. I feel that might be an understatement uh, that Zeech is a player of the game. It's true. Like, if we were to describe the great game between the Chaos Gods, every Chaos God is on a play field, like a chess play field, going against Zeech. Zeech is playing on every single one of those chess play fields with an extra arm or two, kind of tracking everything. Like, they're each of the Chaos Gods have their own individual game of chess. Zinch yeah. is playing against all of them at the same time with his own board's chess. They're, it, they're playing checkers. He's playing fourth dimensional hyper chess. Like Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, he is the player of the great game. And because of that, you know, in some ways, some, like all the Chaos Gods have their power. Zinch is, because of the one, fact that no one allies of him, how do I best put this? Horn is insanely powerful because bloodlust and all that. The Chaos Gods will often tame him down after a little while. Zeech, no one wants to work with because they know the minute they do, they'll be influencing it and giving them a massive upper hand. Oh, yeah. Um, and Zeech has been involved with a whole bunch of stuff that, in, that has made other Chaos Gods lose. And there's one big note here. Um, actually, here, I'll go two because we've already talked about Korn. Uh, do you remember the story about Scarbrand turning against Corn uh, and trying to oh, stab yeah. him in the back? That was caused yeah. by Zinch. Zinch is the one who influenced him in every way. You know, that's oh, yeah. a big, huge moment because Starbrand was Korn's greatest bloodthirster. But then we think of uh, Slanesh again. Zinch was very involved with Slanesh's capture. He basically helped reveal where Slanesh was to the Elven gods, whether they realized it or not, and led to his capture. And therefore, you know, in a way, Zinch was the one who kind of led into us getting the different elves between the Ideneth and the Lumineth. Mm-hmm. So Zeech has been behind so many different things. Um, in some ways, you know, he could be a huge influencer in the mortal realms, or maybe even on the same echelon as Sigmar. Who knows? Because Zeech just has so many different plans. It's mm-hmm. such an interesting god to talk about because in a lot of ways, he has his hand in everything. Oh, yeah. Either it's very minutely or not. If if you go outside, Zinch is there. You go to the bathroom, Zinch is there. You make a bad choice, it's probably Zinch. You make a good choice, it's also probably Zinch. Uh, who knows? Yeah, it's Zinch is just that. He is hard to predict. He is hard to keep track of. Because of this, he is trying to put his hand into everything. Because in the end, it advances plants, which are many, including plants that causes his own defeat. Because it, he rejoices in the myriad of madness that he creates. Uh, and then thinking about madness, um, so Corn had his area to realm. We talked about it. Each of the chaos gods do. Zinch's realm, it, or corner of the realm, is also extremely interesting. It's almost the same size as Corn's, and Corn has, I think, the biggest area of the chaos realms. But Zinchus is all a giant labyrinth made of crystal. You know, he's trying to always expand it. Uh, outside of the labyrinth, he sends out his horrors to try growing more crystal, expand his labyrinth, which, you know, is all part of the great game and the wars between the Chaos Gods. But if you were to go into the labyrinth, good luck. Because the ra- labyrinth is ever-changing. It is described as sanity-shattering. 
it is full of contradictions. You might take a walk up a staircase to find yourself on the bottom level. It, you might walk through a door and find yourself warped elsewhere. Who knows? That's only like the things that we can even describe with words because everything yeah, it, else in there is indescribable. Yeah, it is madness incarnate. Like it, you know, you might turn left. And then when you look down the corridor, you'll see yourself from the back and it'll look like a mirror, but then you'll walk forward and you're, you'll see your body walking backwards towards you. Who knows? It's constantly bending reality. It's constantly messing things. Um, think of the most insane uh, cartoon ever you watch and increase it by 10. <laughs> yeah. And like there are people who have tried navigating it and have succeeded, but they are people who only are the strongest will. Now, if you succeed in getting through, you get to the impossible fortress, which of course, you know, is each big, huge castle. Once again, full of contradictions, full of things that should be impossible. In the impossible fortress, Zinch himself uh, resides and he has a room, basically it's kind of like a library, but he is looking through uh, various portals into so many different realities uh, so many different possibilities and he's always trying to bend them to his will and trying to do what he could to influence anything as you go through the fortress you'll once again madness you might see the images uh, or forms of things that may have been people who tried to walk through it or people demons whatever and because the longer you go through when your sanity shatters your body disappears your mentality and everything basically disappears and you'll be morphed into something could be a slug could be a teapot who knows it breaks everything you can understand there is actually apparently a little story about a girl and her dog who uh, got trapped in zinch's realm made it through the labyrinth and were able to leave through a portal to meet her family and this story though no one knows is real or if it was conjured up by zinch or if it was real, how much Zinch just messed with it to change it. Just to try luring people into his caverns. Be like, oh, it's not that bad. A little girl got through. Yeah. Probably both, honestly. Yeah. And because of the madness of Zinch's realm, the Chaos Gods rarely try to invade his labyrinth. Because they've all lost so many men, demons, whatever, through the madness. They've, those demons are just go insane, pop, and their mentalities change into something else. And so because of that, the Chaos Gods have given up trying to invade Zinch's realm. They just tried to prevent it from spreading. Across the edges of his realm, there are nine strongholds. So Zinch's number is nine, just like Korn's is eight. Um, and he has nine strongholds. Oh, yeah. Each of the strongholds is run by a different one of the legions. And the strongholds themselves are known as the Fractal Fortresses. Sorry there. Anyways, they are each controlled by a different one of the nine legions. And he'll get... He will deliver orders to the various overseers in each of the different strongholds. And then the overseers will then deliver their version of Zinch's orders to the hordes of demons that they control. Because not only Zinch is scheming, all of his followers are scheming as well. Oh, it's just a big scheme pile. It's never-ending schemes. It's never-ending madness. Just makes it so fun to talk about because really nothing we say is wrong, but nothing we say is right, you know? Yeah, no, it's all we can be. If every if everything that we say here is completely lore inaccurate, it doesn't matter. It was Zinch's will, so just remember that. <laughs> yeah, 
And there's just kind of like a little quote here I'm going to read verbatim. Infinite forms there twist and churn, competing to claim the mind. Trespassers there have better beware. The fate of fools is unkind. And you're all fools. Don't think you're smart. Zinch is smarter. Just, you can't outsmart him. Nope. And even if you do, it's only because he, he, he was, like, smart enough to let you outsmart him. Really, if you think you've outsmarted him, it's truly because Zinch is outsmarted you, and it's all part of his plan. It's all part of the plan. <laughs> but, yeah, um, which then leads us to the next area. Greg, how about you take it away? Because I'm right. talking about that madness. I feel my sanity going. So now that we've talked about Zinch, we're going to talk about Zinch's kids, the children of change. And I'm going to start with uh, a little verbatim uh, text as well. The demon of Zinch are insanity and may have made manifest. The antithesis to order and law. In battle, they make for a maddening foe, chortling maniacally as they blast apart their enemies with dazzling spells and mimicking their agony as multicolored flames burn away their victim's souls. So the demons of Zinch are just as chaotic and madness-inducing as their god. They are described as literal physical manifestation of raw arcane energy uh, and our chaos basically made manifest. So the nature of Zinch's, the nature of Zinch's sort of children kind of vary wildly. So while you could kind of get an idea of the rough shape based on, you know, like the miniatures on the tabletop and the art, uh, it, the actual reality of the fact is that Zinch's minions are all all over the place in shape and size uh, and what they look like. And of course, each carries with him, uh, each carries with them a small fraction of divinity, I would say, of their uh, patron deity. Uh, as with all demons, killing them doesn't really kill them. They just return back to, to the realm of chaos and can be reformed by Zinch. Those who have Zinch's eye tend to be reformed a little bit quicker. Those who have angered Zinch tend to uh, take a little longer to reform. Of course, something that is sort of well-known about all the demons is, or well-known by the demons of Zinch's host, is that what Zinch favors in one moment is not what he's going to favor in the next. So you never know exactly if you're doing the right thing to please your deity. It's kind of like the book we read when the character was talking to Kairos mm-hmm. and he didn't know exactly what the d- Kairos wanted because one head would say yes, the other head would say no. So Yeah, exactly. It's mentioned, yeah, no, it's all good. It's mentioned in this that it's very, very difficult for any of Zinch's demons to hold his attention for particularly long. He tends to spend most of his time in introspection, sort of looking at the lines of fate and planning out his long lines of planning. However, when demons descend on the mortals and inflict upon them the the horrors and madness of their of, of Zinch, uh, Zinch can be swayed to look away because it's described as this mosaic of madness that Zinch finds incredibly appealing. The demons of Zinch don't need to eat and drink like normal people, but they do sustain themselves on sort of ethereal magics. And they tend to host themselves in places that are abundant with magic. Basically, they'll 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 reform in sort of hubs of magic and covet areas of magic that will allow them to reform faster. And from there, they'll move out to other areas within the mortal realms. Uh, it's described that the onrush of a demon legion, uh, the onrush of a legion of Zinch, is so strange and wild. 
um, with the air itself shimmering with colors and pure sorcery and flames billowing out and madness and tentacles that you just, most people will just break from the onlook of this avalanche of pure madness being uh, thrown towards them. After Zine sort of well, after Zine sort of issues his command to his army, he doesn't really spend that much time like focusing on it. He kind of sits back and contemplates uh, all of the different effects of this outcome, and he is eager to watch his children ploy and and, and take forth because it, it mentions that Zinch does not like it when things go exactly to plan. Zinch is bored when his plans are perfect. Zinch actually enjoys failing because it changes things. It means that there's new plans to scheme. Zinch could win all the time, but that's boring. It doesn't change. Everything stays the same if everything always works out perfectly. So Zinch likes it when his minions mess up in some cases. He doesn't always want to win. Mm-hmm. The forces of Zinch are known as the Skintillion hosts. I might be mispronouncing it. It might be Skintillating. Yeah, scintillating. Yeah, scintillating. Sorry. It's, a, it's the scintillating house. It's a. It is a certainly a Zinchi word. <laughs> so Zinch's military is formed almost in direct opposition to the way that Zinch, uh, that Korn's uh, sort of uh, military is formed. Zinch's military is very is always in flux. The composition of what is sort of uh, what is fielded and who's in charge is constantly changing whereas you know corn has a very rigid very militant structure where it's very well defined however the the one structure that is always is always there is the number nine zinch zinch's sacred number is nine 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 so there's many different convocations held amongst zinch's hosts however there are nine favored convocations and each of those is breaking broken down into nine hosts and each of them is led by one of the different greater demons a herald or a powerful minion of course uh these convocations tend to bat up against each other as zinch is not opposed or there's nothing saying that one host can't steal from another all of zinch's demons this all of the skin this skintilla scintillating hosts are um, designed to further their god's goals. Even if they're not super... Even if they're not being directly commanded by him, they are always working in his favor. So each of these, like, each of these nine convocations uh, work to, to gain the praise of their lord. There's nine current ones, but as always, Zinch's, each of these convocations are in flux. Some are in charge now, some will be in charge later, some were in charge before. They all work as best they can, but obviously with the flux of their god and the sort of rapid changing, uh, they can never stay in power for long. Each of these nine convocations are given one of the fractal fortresses that are close to one of Zinch's nine gates, which allow demons of those specific convocations to uh, resurrect much quicker. So the nine different convocations, so the nine favored are known as the Eternal Conflagration. This is a conflagration uh, composed mostly of flamers, which we'll hear about later. They are a group of flamers that scream across the uh, realms, throwing weird fire about, transmorph transmogrifying everything in their past in Zinch's terrifying, sort of terrifying image 
It is described as a kaleidoscope of chaotic power. And uh, the wisest among people will flee immediately, and the the least wisest will be tentacle blobs. <laughs> many consider the eternal conflagration. So many of the other like hosts will kind of think the iteration either less intelligent or less the way of Zinch because they're very direct. They just show up and they cause mayhem and chaos and just burn things. There's no substance. There's no planning. However. Zinch just revels in the absolute madness and chaos, but anytime the Eternal Conflagration takes the battlefield, which is why they are one of the uh, sort of main hosts. There is the host duplicitist. And I just, I love this first line that the host duplicitist has. Ask them no questions, lest they deign to answer. Nine times nine are the distorted truths they shall tell. Madness be their only reply. The host duplicitous are masters of deception. They are masters of illusion magic. They are masters of lying. Oh, lovely. You you cannot understand the host duplicitous. They will always lie. They will always deceive. They're kind of one of the hosts that goes into the cities of the mortal realms and works to destroy them from the inside. Okay, yeah. They see a lot of the deception that Zinch will later use to corrupt mortals. Okay, kind of like I was already or tied into what I was talking about earlier. Exactly, yeah. That, everybody from there is likely part of the host duplicitous. The host Arcanum is designed or is basically the masters of magic within Zinch's ranks. They strive specifically to learn every spell they possibly can and become masters of the arcane. If there is Eldritch lore in the mortal realms, the host Arcanum will seek it out. They they, they describe them as uh, amassing Eldritch lore as the stone gathers moss. Even other demons are capable of learning from the host Arcanum. So they are like sort of the masters of magic. So these three are sort of the, like the biggest three hosts. Mm-hmm. At least they're given uh, sort of an extra spot in the book because it's basically the sort of three main pieces of, of Zinch, which is madness, deception, and magic. And then we do have, uh, there are six more, which are just as just as effective, but I, I think represent Zinch in slightly less direct ways. There is the transcendental change. They are the embodiment of mutation. When they enter the battlefield, they just unleash waves after wave of change that change the world around them it turns the enemy's flesh into like clay that they can mold and they even change themselves just they hit the battlefield and everybody is tentacles there nobody's getting out of it then there is the grand cabal so the grand cabal is sort of the other big uh seeking or the others the other sort of like manipulative group the grand cabal seeks out those who govern power and they sort of manipulate them playing on their avarice and sort of put them into a state such that Zinch can uh, manipulate them as well. There are the Seekers of Infinite Wisdom. These Seekers of Infinite Wisdom seek to discover basically every truth about the universe. They don't don't care what the consequences are. They will unpick all the universe, uh, all of the knowledge they can and the main one that they're looking for is uh, discovering the truths about the realm gates and the ethereal vo- or the etheric void. Uh, the Legion of Fate. The Legion of Fate are those who can read the strands of fate, and they um, 
they kind of read causality and can act accordingly. They wield the strings of fate as a ball, uh, as a cat wields a ball of yarn. The Lords of Dominion, these are, these are not so much manipulators. They are the people who directly take control. They are the ones that will mind control and basically dominate individuals and it's best and it says that they don't do it for any purpose there's no like goal to this they just do it because they love to feel the power of pulling the strings of others and the last is the unbound flux which are um, which is the group that is basically comprised of the things that are in the realm of chaos that should not get out the things <laughs> that are so incomprehensible that they just melt the minds of mortals by existing. So they're eldritch horrors. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, Zinch is very eldritch horror. It's and true. so those are the the sort of the nine main hosts. The main three, I think, still are, are Eternal Conflagration, the host Duplicitous, the host Arcanum. They really, I think, capture the three main aspects of Zinch. Mm -hmm. The other three kind of, the other six to me have always felt a little bit like... Um, a little bit like subsections of the main three, but it, it they are all horrifying. Personally, I think I would be the, the the most afraid to meet the eternal conflagration or the transcendental change on the battlefield. One of them is going to turn me into a blob monster. The other one's going to set me on fire, then turn me into a blob monster. So <laughs> not exactly sure. Uh, I don't I don't like either of them. What you don't want to be a blob monster? <laughs> So we're now going to talk about the specific different demons of Zinch. For those looking at the Zinch Codex, I am actually going in reverse order that the book puts them in because it sort of starts with the lesser demons of Zinch and works its way up to the main ones. So the first demons of Zinch are known as the Horrors of Zinch. Uh, they're sometimes called the Whirling Destroyers, the Bouncing Squealers, the Spinning Sourguts, and the Cackling Flames. So the Horrors of Zinch start out as a being called a Pink Horror. They are these sort of jolly, goofy creatures that bound across the battlefield laughing and giggling to themselves and charging people and throwing balls of fire at them. They're absolutely horrible. However, when they die, well, killing a horror of Zinch is not enough. But when a, horror, when a pink horror dies, it splits into be two beings known as blue horrors. Blue mm -hmm. horrors are a little bit smaller. They have a sort of dour and depressed aesthetic uh not aesthetic a personality which might be because of the fact that they just died they are particularly they they wear a perpetual scowl they're just as mean and cruel as the pink horror but a little smaller and of course when you kill uh, a blue horror you get what are known as are they what are they called brimstone horrors yes brimstone horrors Brimstone horrors are angry because you've just killed them twice. Um, and they will, they are little sprites of fire that will claw up the legs of any mortals around them and uh, basically try to burn them, uh, because, uh, burn them to death before they themselves eventually putt around and burn as well. But moving on from there, we have um, sort of the more bestial demons of flame uh, demons of zinch um these are the sort of uh the kind of more like, they're they're more like the i want to say natural fauna but they're not really they're 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 less like 
uh, sentient creatures and more like living artillery. So the first are flamers. So mm-hmm. flamers are really strange creatures. They kind of resemble a massive tube with a face on one end, and they sort of slither along on this tube, but also can shoot fire out the back that allows them to propel themselves like a jet. <laughs> yes. Parts of fire. It's They're ridiculous. Their hands are these sort of clawed tubes that shoot fire out as well. And um, they basically fly across the battlefield and will set anything they can on fire. Um, this is not normal flame. This is weird flame. This flame can do all sorts of strange things. Sometimes they burn you. Sometimes they freeze you. Uh, it's noted that sometimes Zeech's powers are so real that they can even heal the enemy. But a sort of a unanimous thing that is uh, seen is that a lot of the time, the fire will burn something so thoroughly that it will like capture the image of the people that are being burned. And <laughs> those who are watching sort of watch these people burn over and over and over again. And it's uh, and of course, the whole time the, the screamers are laughing and shouting. Um, <laughs> sorry, not the screamers, the flamers. The screamers are the next creatures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, flamers, not good. Uh, I think they're on my list of things I'd like to die to least. Uh, <laughs> now, screamers are these strange, disky sky shark manta ray creatures that fly across the uh, fly across sort of ethereal magic in the sky, kind of like birds on a breeze. Um, in the realm of chaos, they sort of hunt lost souls. Um, but Zinch has decided to just sort of bring them along anyways, and they'll form these big flocks and just fly across the battlefield in these massive flocks. Now, these screamers have these sort of like long sucking maws, and they've got blades on them. So they just, as they fly around, just shred things uh, into bits and tear things apart with their sort of lamprey-like mouths. It's also mentioned that there is a thing called an exalted flamer and a burning chariot. So an exalted flamer is a bigger, stronger flamer, pretty much. Now, uh, a burning chariot is this large disc of metal, which has several screamers actually tied to the front. The screamers will pull this disc along with the exalted flamer riding on top. And the exalted flamer will just spew uh, weird fire out the back as it's passing over people, basically just napalming everybody in this weird flames. And as it just flies around, they are absolutely, absolute madness. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, we're moving on to what are called the favorite scions of Zinch. So we have a couple of named characters here. Now, these are are beings of power. These are sort of beings that are not as powerful as, like, let's say, like a herald of Zinch. But they are beings that Zinch has particular jobs for or are of particular favor. So there are two known as the Blue Scribes. They are both Blue Horrors, and they are, I'm going to do my best to pronounce this, they are Pteryx and Ixrap. Uh, their names are obviously, they're the, the <laughs> other brother's name in uh, reverse. They are relatively surly, and they fly around on a particularly large screamer, and... Um, they have one goal, which is to gather every single spell in existence. They need to learn every single magical spell ever. The two of them constantly bicker as they are each other's exact opposite. Pitrix 
can write any magical symbol he can see, but he cannot read them. Zikgrap can read the writing his twin puts down, but he is unable to comprehend the words. So when these two get into battle, Zikgrap will just start randomly reading from the book, casting whatever spells he can. He doesn't know what he's going to cast because obviously he doesn't know what the words mean. Hmm. And Patrick's will stab with a magical quill that was formed from a Lord of Change's feather. Now, it's said that there's a very specific reason that these two fly around. There is a sort of lore or rumor that a long time ago, Zinch was more or less strong enough to win the game, like win the great game. So the other three gods got together and shattered him into many different fragments. These fragments are basically uh, every spell in the world of mortals is a fragment of Zinch. And the two blue scribes are trying to reconstruct Zinch by going around and finding all of his pieces. Hmm. So the other favorite scribe of Zinch is the Changeling. Uh, the creature known as the Changeling is this is the personification of a meddlesome deceiver. They are able to change into any form perfectly. They can repl- replicate any single person in a moment. They simply go around the mortal realms, transforming into people and sowing malice and discontent and uh, anger between individuals as best as they can. The changeling is specifically used in instances where martial strength is not strong enough uh, to take down cities. The changeling, as a sower of discord, is sort of the, the master at dealing with those kind of situations. It is said that the changeling can join the fray. It has a trickster staff, which evolves, uh, which basically its trickster staff can adopt the qualities of its opponent's most powerful weapons so it is able to use its uh, enemy's weapons against them so it's a particularly a particularly powerful foe uh for dealing with the manipulation and messing with people okay so we've got just a couple more to go through so we've got the heralds of zinch the heralds of zinch are sort of the next rank up from horrors they are designed to lead the horrors in battles and they don't morph into smaller beings when slain now. They sort of, part of becoming a herald is you now no longer break apart when you die. These these uh, heralds are sort of broken down into three categories. There is the Fluxmaster, which is a herald that rides a disc of Zinch, which we'll get to in a moment. Uh, they fly across the battlefield with grapes, with great speed, reshaping reality itself while in their wake. They are the harbingers of inevitable change and primordial alchemy, uh, anarchy, devolving matter into boiling ectoplasm, which just sounds like it sucks. They're basically often they're they're sort of mess, they're often used as messengers and outriders for Zinch. Um, both some will lead plaques of screamers into the charge, which is they're basically just they're made for speed. Fate skimmers are Zinch heralds that have acquired a burning chariot because they've. Uh, acquired one <laughs> fate screamers sort of swoop down dive across the battlefield and will unleash fearsome sorceries as they're on the back of their screaming chariot they're they're just sort of strong individuals they will yell orders to the horror uh, to the horrors cast spells uh leave chair like leave wakes of weird fire in their wake uh the change casters are the most common type of herald it is uh their name for their mutating magics uh they kind of tend to serve menial and frustrating roles in comparison to the other ones because they don't get a mount. Oh, wait, no. Yes, they do. Sorry. My mistake. They mm-hmm. do. 
they tend to uh, they tend to guard sources of magical power. They will usually oversee repairs within the Crystal Labyrinth. They're, they do tend to lead packs of horrors, but because it's a bunch of horrors, it's more like leading a pack of jesters. They're like sort of the lowest of the heralds. They're they're they are often they don't get to drive fast. That's the worst part. They don't get to drive fast. They'd like to drive fast like the other two, but they don't get to. Discs of Zinch are special discs that are uh, formed from screamers. Basically, screamers are impossible to really control. Mm-hmm. So Zinch decided, what if I just put them in a disc and then it worked? Discs of Zinch are screamers that have been sort of compressed into these hard steel discs that can now be properly controlled by the uh, person riding them. Uh, they are still just as deadly and can go incredibly fast. And it specifies that even the Watcher King, who I believe we talked about in uh, a couple episodes back, mm-hmm. um, was known to ride around on a disc of Zinch. Yeah. So the last peep, the last group of demons we have are the Lords of Change. The Lords of Change, I'm going to read this now. The Feathered Lord, the Winged Watchers, the Lords of Change stride to war surrounded by a prismatic aura of ever-changing magic. The Master Manipulators wield their arcane powers to advance the myriad plots of Zinch. Where their gaze falls, it pierces the mind, laying bare the hopes and dreams of all mortals before them. So the Lords of Change are Zinch's greater demons. They are sort of big, giant, half-bird, half-people-looking creatures. Honestly, they're probably my favorite, probably my favorite design of all of the greater demons. I love, I love my thick Nurgle boys, but, but the bird though. Yeah, the bird. Bird up. Um, they are the pure Eldritch, they, they are pure Eldritch magic, chaos, cunning, all of these things are in, like all of the best qualities of Zinch are embodied in the uh, Lords of Change, although perhaps I should say the worst qualities of Zinch. It should be noted that the Lords of Change always work to work to further the goals of their master of Zinch. However, they have a tendency uh, to sort of uh, over overwork, uh, over not overwork themselves, overachieve. And mm-hmm. a lot of the time, um, Zinch's plans have gone awry because of Lord of Change didn't stop when the plan was supposed to stop. They just kind of kept going, (laughs) which is in some cases for the best, because it's specified that a Lord of change, when everything is going perfectly, a Lord of change looks on with concern and triumph because they're thinking to themselves, this is going great. And then the second thought is, oh no, Zinch is going to be bored because it's working perfectly. There are, Nine different ranks of Lord of Change, similar to how Korn has his uh, eight different... Was it eight? Yeah, it's eight different ranks of uh, Bloodletters. There's nine different ranks of Lord of Change. They all have grandiose titles, but the the the, um, the, the order of these nine ranks is in constant flux. And uh, the Exalted is given to the title of the... Um, the, the, the Lord of Change that has Zinch's greatest favor at any given time. Mm-hmm. So, base, but of course, no Lord of Change holds that title for long. Uh, it's usually just as quickly taken away as it is given. And before we go, we're going to talk about one specific Lord of Change, Cairo's Fate Weaver. The big bird. This is the big bird, the two headed bird. 
So there is a place within the nine realms known as the Well of Eternity, or is it in the realm of chaos? I don't actually know, but it's in one of those two. It's the Well you of keep Eternity. Talking. I'll I'll look it up. There is a place within the heart of the impossible fortress known as the Well of Eternity. Um, it is a puzzle that the great sorcerer has not been able to solve because even Zinch refuses to enter it. So Zinch, still wanting to know what happened, took his at the time favorite uh, Lord of Change, uh, Kairos, and just sort of threw him into the pit. He just went, yeet. And so, and he was like, well, when Kairos gets back, I hope he tells me what was in there. And so Kairos was down there for what seemed like infinity. Mm -hmm. But he did eventually call, uh, he eventually called his way back out. But his soul had been broken into two, and his head had actually split, so he now has two heads. Kairos can perceive things that even Zeech can't. Kairos's right oh. head can see uh, all, like, can see the future as clear as day, while his left head can see the past without the uh, without bias or uh, like nostalgia. But Kairos is blind to the present. Kairos can't see time as he's as it passes, only events that are yet to happen and events that have already been. So Kairos sort of sits at Zinch's side, whispering to him of things to come and things that have been. However, even even Zinch will get tired of always focusing on Kairos's whispering. So on occasion, Kairos will be sent out to the battlefield uh, to lead some of Zinch's hosts. Ah. Now Kairos has a bit of a problem. He is a master sorcerer, and there is almost none that, like, no other Lord of Change that can match his power. But he is incredibly weak to, like, physical attack because he can't see it coming. Or he can see it coming, but he can't react in time because he can only see in the future and the past. So Kairos is this, is just stuck in this weird duality. And Kairos is often brought up as the example of. Why you can't ever really trust the Lord of Change? Uh, why you can't ever really trust Zinch? Because even Kairos, one of his favored Lords of Change, was at a moment's notice hurled into the Well of Eternity just because Zinch had a whim for it. Mm. So that is all of the demons. There's a lot going on with the demons. Yeah. I, yeah, and I will I will pass on to you. Yeah. Well, naturally talked about the demon followers now we're going to talk about the more mortal followers these are men and beastmen so the when you look at the model lines the mortals are for zinches way less than the demons something i imagine maybe with this edition they might expand upon a little bit more but that said there are them here so we're going to talk about them so starting off with the more human followers we have the arcanites now, the Arcanites are people who form into cults and worship Zinch, usually, often in secret. They, these come from, they usually start by one person being a wizard, touching the magic, whatever, which meant they start touching magic. Zinch uh, reaches certain magic and starts influencing their minds, and so on. It, they build up a cult. That cult will start spreading through the city. And Zeech plans usually means that city will come to a downfall if the cult succeeds. And the Arcanites, they're always hidden in deceit. They start mastering kind of illusionary magics in the city to hide themselves, uh, to keep hidden from 
prying eyes of city guard, try to keep hidden from the eyes of Sigmar, and so on and so forth. And they often, they keep hidden until the time is right to strike, time to, you know, bring down the destruction of the city, and so on and so forth. But that's the Karakoka uh, acolytes. So there's not really all that much to them other than the fact they are, that is what they call the cultists that worship Zinchen spread through the cities. Then, oh, and I guess I should talk maybe the key things for the Karen acolytes. Um, they are Arcanites, sorry. They are usually masked as part of the hiding their identity. They'll usually be very Zinchen armor on them and Zinchen weapons. And some of them might even start changing forms ever so slightly when you look at the models due to influence of Zinchen. And Zinchen's starting to like, hmm, I think you'd look good if your face looked like this instead. Then there's the Zangors. Zangors are more bird-like, more avian uh, beastmen who often join with the uh, Arcan like the Arcanites um, in secret and city. So they'll sneak them in and that'll be part of the cult. Uh, when it's reaching its more crescendo moment where it's about to go forward. And the Zangors will often have their forms changed. The, there's actually a novel that's really good for this. The book uh, City of Secrets fantastic zinch book and they really kind of talk about these secret cult things where it really delves into this um but yeah so zangors are do that and then there's the elite versions of zangors so they're all called the enlightened or the skyfires uh which they ride on top of this is each which we talked about before they're powerful magic users usually fairly strong and they whip around the battlefield on their discs then there's also the ogroid thaumaturs, which are big, brutish type creatures um, that also wield magic. So there's like two different models for it, but the one is specifically Zinch, and he's very much a wizard, um, hurls a lot of fire blasts and various different things like that. Then there are the magisters. The magisters are master sorcerers who uh, work on a Zinch. They work on transmuting things. I believe the Magister actually has a spell that can turn an enemy unit it kills into a Chaos Spawn, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. uh, specifically, like the Fate Master. Okay, yeah. Yeah, here, I'm going to pause here for a second. Just want to double check. So yeah, the Magisters are magic sorcerers who ride around on discs or on foot, um, and they transmute people into creatures. As I was just uh, saying a moment before, uh, one can turn enemy units into chaos bomb which is really kind of cool and really really thematic um, i actually want to eventually make one for my sylvanith that shows like a tree person made into a chaos bomb oh okay mm -hmm. <laughs> barky flesh sorry <laughs> it's all good it's all good so yeah the arcanite cults which kind of include all these mortals and everything they'll they form in cities, and after the city falls, after the battles and everything, they'll fade back into the wilds, they'll disappear, and they'll usually split up into smaller sects. And along with Zinch's influencing, they'll try to infiltrate other cities and continue to cause things to fall. Um, and those who don't go into cities, they will find ways to increase Zinch's influence in the realms by conducting rituals to summon demons, bring forth horrors, 
potentially uh, lure to change if they're extra ambitious. And for anyone who's hearing crackling sounds in the background, it's because my cat is scratching up his cat tree. <laughs> it is Zinch. Zinch has commanded. It's all part of the plan. <laughs> Making everything fall apart. <laughs> and yeah, that's kind of the bit with mortals. So it's a combination of humans and Zangor. Zangor's being the bigger part of it. And the more they grow as a society, that's usually when they come out and then cities fall, they split up and start again or try to bring forth demons from the realm of each. And that way, increasing influence. They are constantly trying to act on Zinch's plans, trying to play Zinch's uh, slow game of going forward. No, they're not just mindlessly going in, trying to conquer things quickly. It's all like, especially with when Zinch is starting from the ground up, it's a very slow grow, like could be years of growing. This secret society goes from underneath the city eyes and everything. And the Zangors themselves being more enlightened beastmen, but still being beastmen, they're not just there. They often snuck in as things are getting ready to basically blow up mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. And when you see Zangors among the beastmen, they tend to be more leadership-like positions. They are kind of the more elite units. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that really covers some mortals. Like, uh, There's not a lot of mortals. Nope. Uh, like the book has, has some um, little uh, stories about them. Actually, with that in mind, like we talked about the previous book with the Gaunt Summoner. Gaunt Summoners themselves are mortals, even though they look like demons. Yeah. I guess the problem with being a mortal of Zinch is you're like a mortal for about five, 10 minutes, and then you're blob. Like, yeah. you will be a blob. <laughs> you will be tentacles. I, I can promise you that. Yeah. Well, yeah, you may not be a blob forever, but. You will not be human you will be, forever. Yeah. There are worse things than a blob. You'll wish to go back to blob. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like when it comes to talking about Zinch and how they've gotten into the realms, we've actually covered that quite extensively because Zinch broke into the realms through Chaman by uh, tricking the Caradon or the dwarf, sorry, at the time to killing a god beast. And that caused him to be able to enter the realms. And so on and so forth. Like he, we've covered him quite extensively in a lot of different ways. So we don't really need to go over to history with that yeah. too much. It's just, it's very fascinating looking at him with how he gets into things. He's always present some way, shape, or form, or at least he's watching. And he likes to watch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's a good point to wrap up there. That's the Disciples of Zeech. Now, it's time for Model Watch. And look, and lo, my wallet did weep as the dragons showed up. Uh, dragons are back in the mortal realms. Fucking hell, I didn't, I saw this thing and I'm like, oh god, I don't, I don't want, I don't have money. But I have <laughs> money for that. <laughs> like, I, they're so cool. Mm -hmm. they give me a very much an Aragon type vibe to them yeah I uh for anybody who watched the dragon episode of Rick and Morty I uh I got the uh the dragon episode of Rick and Morty dragons a little bit mm -hmm. um but like yeah 
They are they're just awesome. I don't think there's anything else I can say about them. They're probably some of the coolest models in the Age of Sigmar line. And oh my god, we just we just needed dragons. It's been so long. We've all wanted dragons, and here they are. No more garbage. Here, let's talk about them one at a time. Here, so there's Krondis, the son of Draconith, or sorry, the son of my my brain just died. The Dracolith? Draconith? Draconith. The Draconith. That guy. We forget the name. We're just the Lord Chandler. You can't expect us to, to, to know what we're talking about. Yeah. One second here. I'm just going to redo that. Well, look at the All right, so let's talk about them one at a time. So starting with the first one, whose name is Krondis, son of Dracothian. He is the blue one, um, and he's the one that kind of wears armor. He looks so, like, dare I say, royal and regal. Yep. He is great, and I love the armor, and I love the base. I, I love the pose. Thank God the wings look good. Yes. Wings can make or break a model so, if they're on. <laughs> yeah, no, they, this guy looks great. I love his armor. Uh, I love the storm. Like, I just, I like, I like that he's repping Stormcast. Like, Stormcast just got a million times cooler. Not that Stormcast need any more models. Uh, one of the latest yeah, articles exactly. talk about how they're going to have 76 uh, different war rules, and it's like, hot damn, that's a lot. They by far <laughs> surpass every other army with how many war rules they have. It's a little ridiculous. Yeah. I think, what would be like second? Probably like Slaves to Darkness or like Skaven, because Skaven's got so much old shit. Yeah, it's one of the two. At this point but, in time, uh, yeah, no, Stormcast looks... don't need anything for like 10 years at this point. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the other guy because I got that. So the other guy, what's his name? Uh, Hazard's Eye, the Scar. Now, I think this guy is great because he's the guy that's kit bashable. You don't have to green stuff anything on this guy. He's done, got no armor. You can just go to town. That's that's yeah. just great. Yeah. Yeah. But even about kit bashing, let's kind of take a look. One, he's got like the broken horns, or at least the shorter horns on his face. Ah, there's a couple broken ones. Um, and then he's got the scars along his neck. And oh, I love that. Yeah. I wonder exactly like where the pieces of, I try to phrase this in my head, where like the, the breaks are going to be. Like if I wanted to kind of combo the faces, is that face one full piece? It looks like it's several. Where does it break? Can I like switch up the horns? I just wonder. Yeah, I'm not sure. I can't really say. Like it's either one piece in of itself because both dragons' faces are relatively different, actually. Yeah. So they might the face plates themselves might be completely separate and just connect onto the neck. And even then, the neck will have uh, two separate pieces because the way how their heads are turned. So. Yeah, yeah I'm kind of, okay. like obviously this is one kit. You can tell by the wings and the way how the tail is because oh no, the tail is different. But yeah, the wings, how the body is for the most part, just with subtle differences there. It's one kit, so I'm really kind of curious 
when you build one, how many remaining pieces of the other will you have? And really kind of how magnetizable these guys are. I'm not one who normally likes to magnetize things. I'm just kind of curious, especially because given how big these guys are, because they look like they're going to be freaking gigantic, they're not going to yeah. be cheap. No, I'm thinking they're going to be probably, they're either going to be the price of Kragnos or the price of the, the Mega Gargans. And I think they're probably going to be Mega Gargant size price. And the reason that I say they're going to be that is that's a lot of plastic and also people will buy it even at that price. Like they're, they're, you know. they're dragon, like they're dragons. Yeah. Hot damn motherfucking dragons. <laughs> yeah. We still got a couple more dragons to take a quick peeky at. Yep. Couple well, here's. The one thing we need to pause on, I just want to quickly talk. I love the lore behind these guys. Um, because like when we will eventually talk about the Broken Realms books, but Craig Noss, that character, basically the general gist of this in the past, he did war and he made a point of trying to exterminate all dragons by smashing their eggs and killing them all. These two are survivors. The only reason why they're showing themselves after keeping themselves hidden for so long is because Craig Noss is back. And I love that. It's like gives a yeah. perfect lore reason why suddenly why we're seeing dragons. And for the ones we're about to talk about, the reason why they're there is because the Seraphon have been working with these two to try bringing back the dragons. Oh, I love it. It's just tying everything yeah. together. And let's go talk about the other dragons, shall we? Mm -hmm. So we got a couple more smaller dragons. And these guys got Stormcast on them. Mm -hmm. uh, the Storm Drake Guard. Um, are a pair of Stormcast turtles that afford a symbiotic relationship with their Dracolith mounts, their Draconith mounts. Um, so I'm wondering if these guys are probably going to be a duel, like you have to take two of them, or if they're going to be um, one, 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 one and done, and you can take two. Probably two for one. I imagine it's probably maybe units of two from the look of it. Um, yep. it's hard to say for sure one thing I do kind of like with kind of talk about that um, if you take the what is it uh, where is it try to find it um, oh yeah um, so yeah if you take the Knight Draconis as your general the Storm Drake Guard become battle line or a law oh, you can take all dragons you oh, can shit. have a whole army of Stormcast riding dragons and, you know, the big two guys as well. Yeah. You can have an all-dragon army. It's great. Yeah, because there was, I, I guess I forgot to mention, we also had the, uh, the what was his name? The, the captain of the Storm Drake Guard, what was his name? Uh, he got a cool flaming sword. Yes, yes, he did. So I think I, we are, we're going to have to talk about the elephant in the room on this. Uh, and the one disappointment that I think we both had, and that is flight stands. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, they're back, I apparently. Thought, I, thought, I thought flight stands were dead. And you can see they're doing their best to hide the flight stands in these pictures. They've got them hidden behind ruins. So clearly, they didn't want you, they don't want you to be focusing on them. I think the flight stands are fine for how high up they want these models to be, which mm -hmm. I think is, I think, so I'm going to, I'm going to, go out on a limb right now and say the reason that these models are so high up is because they wanted to have the outstretched wings and the outstretched wings would tangle with too many models if they were lower down 
Yeah, um, and especially the new coherency rules, so it'd be a big deal. Yeah, so I think they put them up on the flight stands because if they they'd have to basically give you a massive ass piece of terrain to put them on, and then if they did that, then you'd have a big ass piece of terrain in the base of your mini, possibly blocking like your opponents from seeing what's behind it. I I I can't. I can see some problems with it. Uh, I'm definitely going to say that I am a little disappointed with the flight stands, but that's just me. Oh, so am I. I thought they were gone. Now, my only, my only other worry is, and and I th- I hope that this isn't right. So if we look at the Storm Drake Captain guy, hmm? all right, he appears to be riding a nearly identical sculpt to, if you look at the picture with the two guys, to the guy on the right. Which makes me think that this is going to be one kit. Oh, they're gonna do what they did with the Pascal Blight Lords. Which is which is he's gonna be one option that you get out of the box, which means you're gonna have to like you're gonna basically have to buy two boxes to get to get the most out of this because you're gonna get one of him and then one of the Drakes, which is useless because you probably can't run them in units of one. So you'll need to get a second box yeah. to then basically make a second captain so you can what run you, two of them. What you do is you and a friend both buy a box. You eat, yeah. uh, one person builds a captain, or they both build captains. And then, um, then we'd say we'll have one the spare and uh, they'll pass over to the spare model. Yeah, it'll have to be something like that, but uh, yeah. it's it's it is it is in fact a pain. Yeah, uh, yeah. Basically, one person has the captain, and they'll have to buy an air box, have two more, and the uh, other friend will either chip into that buying box or yeah, give a discount or yeah. whatever. I yeah. I just hope that maybe maybe I'm wrong. I but I'm pretty sure I'm not because <laughs> uh, no, that sculpt is nearly identical. That. Yeah, I just don't like that. I don't like having boxes where it's like you can cut. Can, like it's fine in 40k when I can run odd numbers of units, but not in Age of Sigmar when I have to run them in specific numbers. Well, uh, you can take under strength units. Yeah, it does. But what's the point besides shooting yourself in the foot? Like the only reason that rule is in there is because of shit like this. And it, it's sorry, true. like it's like oh crap, we've made a bunch of boxes that don't like like. Like they're like flesh eater courts. Um, every single like almost all of their HQ choices, the the Vargulf courtier, the ghoul the ghoul courtier, the the hunter courtier, not the Vargulf courtier. Sorry, the um, the other courtier. Sorry, the three courtiers besides the one with its own special model all come out of the box that has all the other models in it, and those models they. Don't, they don't, you can't buy one, so you have to buy a box of 20 ghouls to get yeah. one courtier and then have a 10. Like, ugh, it, it annoys me to no end. I don't like when they do this. And it, it's the only part for me that puts a bit of a downer on this fantastic release of models. Like, yeah, no, I could agree. That makes sense. Especially because this kit's not going to be cheap. It's probably going to be about 120 bucks. I'm thinking, for, this, for, the, for the kit of two guys. Really? I don't um, think it'll be that much. I think it'll be seventy for the for the for the double guys and the double drag. Well, we'll see. Maybe it'll be seven. I think the big guys are probably going to be two thirty. I think they're going to be that price. They might be Caragno. Like 
It might be a little less, like the same. It might be one eighty. But they're they're definitely not going to be cheaper than one eighty. No. But yeah, the smaller dragons. I don't know. They're past hundred. I don't think they'll sell it well. I think 70, 80 bucks. Yeah, I think it it at 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 eighty though. I'll be I'll be or even at like two two thirty. I'll probably find myself buying one of these dragons at some point or another. They're mm-hmm. just so cool. They are. They really are. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to run into any of my evil armies. Yeah. Um, all this order going on. Do I have any good armies from Age of Sigmar? I have. Nope, nope. All my armies are evil. I've got two chaos army and one death. <laughs> so. Oh yeah, boy. <laughs> well, sorry. I hope that y'all didn't mind my little tirade right there because it, it annoys me to no end. But I'm very excited for these for these uh, for these models, nonetheless. All right. I think that that covers everything, Carlin. You want to read us out? Yeah. Thank you for joining us as we went through the Disciples of Zinch. Um, sorry, my brain is just dying. I'm like, how do I do this? What do I do? Please... We can go. Let us out. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> Thank you for joining us as we went through the Disciples of Zinch. Follow us on Facebook. Join us as we talk about the realms. Share the word of Sigmar with your friends, families, and whatever. That is the best way for news of a podcast to spread around and how we can reach more ears and get people to enjoy the wonderful lore. Please like and review us on Apple iTunes. Uh, The more reviews we get, the more we can continue spreading. And who knows? Greg, I'm going to drop a little thing. If we continue doing what we're doing, I think we should maybe figure out doing a contest based around reviews. Okay. All right, maybe. But Yeah, but... We're going to talk to you more about that later when me and Greg get this figured out because I'm just dropping this bombshell on Greg now. <laughs> that is a bombshell you just dropped. That is. All right. But yeah, thank you for joining us. Please, please send us an email at realmockersaos at gmail.com if you have any feedback or any thoughts about the podcast and how we can get better because we want to get better for you. Well, maybe not Greg, but Greg doesn't care about anything. I don't. I, I don't. I am completely impartial to the world You're, you are just, living uh, embodiment of a skaven you only care about yourself exactly i'm the only important person and when i burn the world to the ground i will be king of the ash pile <laughs> y'all have yourself a good one have a great one bye boy and